0: They're back, or maybe they never left. It's the Union Soccer Podcast. You can follow us at the Union Soccer blog, unionsoccerblog.substack.com. Check us out. Everywhere you can find your podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, you can find the Union Soccer Podcast. My name is John Jansen, host of the show. You can follow me at jansen34. But the star of the program, the one who runs everything over at the Union Soccer Blog, it is Joe Tansy at jtanzi 90 And Joe, uh it's been a couple of weeks since we've done a show, so it's, it has been a little while, but. Uh, it's pretty remarkable in that time frame the union just have won a bleep ton of soccer games so uh union back I guess is that the, the is that is that even the right thing to say union or back or it's just like yeah, they're just doing union things again
1: so it's weird right because we think that just because they had that that spell from before <clears throat> before May like
0: any normal team is going to go through. I guess Right. Like, I guess we so don't look at the union as a normal team that we right. just we, expect. Okay. You got to win all the time. Like these streaks of, uh, you know, lo- uh, not losing, you know, how many games and how many, you know, weeks, whatever it is. Uh, we're used to the union being abnormal. And for once they weren't abnormal. We were like, Hey, what the hell is going on here? What is right.
1: it? Right. I just, it. I think I said this last time we, we podcasted is, we just needed to have patience and we don't have that in the Philadelphia fan base. (laughs) Yeah. Like, especially with a
0: team with expectations, uh, like I think we could look at as well.
1: (laughs) There's, there was like an expectation that they're just going to win every game and look like themselves for all 34 games and be this, this dominant power. And like things just took a little longer to, to click. And, and now we're here. Like, I, I it was. This is why it was so hard for me to kind of get wrapped up in the the criticism while they were playing in Champions League, because it, it's still such a small sample size of a season. I get it. You want to see your team team win week in week out. Totally get that. If guys aren't performing and making mistakes. You should you should be frustrated. But I think there's a, a fine line that we not a lot of us walked between frustration and kind of an understanding of what the, the reality is. Like it was just a matter of like like in the moment the frustration with, with certain games, yes, I get that because there were ununion like mistakes. Oh, it looked and, ugly
0: at times. It looked right. straight up ugly at times. It did.
1: Right. But when you try to bring it out to a, a broad perspective of what this this team is and what their future is and one game, one game doesn't decide that. Five games don't decide that. Ten games don't decide that. And all of a sudden, this team finally gets a, a singular focus. And yes, they, they got knocked out of Champions League, knocked out of Open Cup. But I think it would have been more frustrating had they not gotten up to speed in league play in the way in which they have. And now we're reaching this point, it's the start of June, the start of a new month, a much less busier month, um, which I think the union will welcome. I
0: think that is very welcome, (laughs) yes.
1: I think so. I think it's time to take stock in what this team actually is. Because if if you talked to us a month ago, I still would have given them probably an incomplete grade um, because there's just so many evolving factors with this group and now that we've we've seen this in kind of an inflection point with with jim Curtin as a manager like he, he realized after champions league and open cup that yes i actually have to use my depth i actually have to go on this tactical flexibility promise and and part of it was because the the right pieces weren't available to to do uh, those things but now he's shown that now we the the promises that were delivered uh in, he's delivering in, in preseason in, in drives right. with that now
0: i really think right. his, his flexibility and some of the formations and uh, substitutions he used have been awesome. I think it's been very a, a great thing to see from Jim, to be honest.
1: Right, and that's what you want to see. You want to see a team get better and evolve over the course of the year. You don't want to see, um, you don't want to see them be stagnant. You don't want to see any negative regression. And and here we are. So that's it's kind of what I, I look at this this run now that they're on. They've won six of seven in league play. Is They've got a singular focus. They've got some, some flexibility. They're third in the East. And I think the only team you could you can say without a shadow of doubt here that is real competition in the East is, is Cincinnati because they've been phenomenal at home. Road form, not so much, but you don't have to be perfect on the road to MLS. So I, it'd be naive of me to call it a two horse race but it feels like it's, Is it it's even a heading, two horse
0: race. Come on. Yeah,
1: it feels it feels like it's heading in that direction. It feels like a, a two horse race come July, August. It really feels like we'll be talking about the union and the carbon copy of the union out in Ohio. Like it's, it's what it feels like. It it feels like we're headed to that point. I think Nashville it will does, be It does,
0: but it also in my mind, you know, and this could just be me, you know, not paying mm-hmm. attention too closely to Cincinnati. But it just has a feeling the union are, are now that the momentum is gained that they're gonna start like this these summer months they're gonna start steamrolling. And, it's the uh,
1: established power versus the the yeah you know, it's they're not I, the I new kid just, on the block but you know what I you know what I mean it's uh, oh absolutely it's, absolutely
0: and Cincinnati's really good not to say that they're you know they're not gonna you know keep up this pace and keep up a fight in this it's just that I think the union are going to apply so much pressure at the top. And like, it, it's going to feel like any small misstep from Cincinnati is going to feel monumental. Uh That's, that's how I, that's how much I think the union, how great the union are looking right now and, and what they're kind of poised to do um in the next couple of months.
1: Right. I think that's a, it's a fair point. I think some people in the, in the fan base may have that as well, where it's like, okay, well we're getting rolling. It's unstoppable. You no, know, by the way, the offense hasn't, to its its best capabilities yet. I mean At times a, it
0: has. It's been it's been a times, I've been I've been really happy. Right.
1: I mean the Charlotte game for sure, you know, we,
0: I guess we can get into both, but the Charlotte game. Right. The one that really impressed me was New England. I mean that right. was that was great.
1: So I think if you're kind of taking stock of the Eastern Conference right now, uh before we get into the the nuts and bolts of these these recent games, look it's a nine point deficit to FC Cincinnati. So it's not like it's a, a massive one or it's not like it's a small one. Um, and Cincinnati's got three more wins, which is the tiebreaker. The goal differential is basically even Cincinnati's at 10, the union are at nine. Um, basically what it, to me, what it comes down to is the union winning on the road. Because if Cincinnati, if Cincinnati is going to try and go this clean sweep at home, which they could, um, and I'll be interested to see how they, they deal with Brenner's departure. So far, so good. Um, but we'll see how you know, teams adjust to that and, and everything like that. And um, I, would, I would assume they lose Vasquez for the Gold Cup, maybe. Um, we'll, we'll see what, what shakes out there. Um, Nashville is kind of Nashville. They're just going to do their thing. They're going to plug, a raw, plug along. They're not going to overwhelm you with goals. And they're, they're not going to concede a lot. And, and a, the standings show that. That's been their identity from the start um that
0: will be their identity for the end of
1: time it's just right <laughs> and it's a good identity I mean look Jim, it Jim is Curtin, it's great Jim Curtin would love to have that identity oh yeah, yeah you yeah. know he would <laughs> it's um, just like
0: Nashville it's just every single year you can go all right yeah they're gonna yeah. do the same thing like every offseason yeah okay like, so Nashville's gonna be uh really good defensively not concede a lot of goals uh they won't score a lot though and they'll be really
1: good <laughs> here, here's Nashville's blueprint to to winning 1 Hani Mukhtar does a lot of awesome stuff. <laughs> yeah. 2 Their defense plays really well. And then 3 Nashville fans debate on end how your, how your they first one was there. the
0: your first one right. was the best. That's my favorite thing about Nashville. Just Mukhtar, go ahead. Do your thing. And then the, the, get the, the third one is we'll, we'll do the rest.
1: The third one is Nashville fans just um they ask can they get an actual striker cuz Mukhtar's a 10. Um can they get an actual striker to pair with Mukhtar and if they ever get that right I mean they got it completely uh, wrong on sake loba. But let's hope. yeah, let's hope, yeah,
0: let's hope no, they keep whiffing
1: on, <laughs> on seven figure striker <laughs> signings. Um and then look the, the rest of the east kind of just a like New England, I'm gonna include them in I guess this this one B tier with twenty six points, but the union beat them handily and
0: That's I what how, I mean. Like that's Yeah. That was a imp- see. That's a statement win. By the way, I just want to bring this up. Remember that mm-hmm. statement win for Miami in like week two against the Union. How good's that looking right now? What a statement that was to the uh, to the rest of the Eastern Conference.
1: But like that, Lionel. I don't Lean know. Lean if, Messi didn't want Phil Neville to be his manager. If, that's what oh,
0: is that is that where we're going? Is that what we're doing
1: here? <laughs> I actually was this close to making a joke that Inter Miami is just gonna uh, to entice Lionel Messi over. He's just gonna be player manager. Uh, They're just going (laughs) to they're just going to give him everything uh, that the the Saudi league can't, which I assume uh, isn't a lot because they're just going to throw a ton of money at him and
0: absurd amount of money at Messi. Yeah.
1: And God, God knows what Barcelona, Barcelona probably has to still sell their stadium now to to afford Messi. Like they're they're in such fine. They're in such financial hell that like they can't even like keep a, a title winning squad together um but they sell just sell your but, stadium but, for
0: Messi. I actually want to see how that would work.
1: <laughs> but well they sold their stadium um sponsorship rights to Spotify because they, they needed money. Ooh, um nice but Spotify,
0: look at Spotify But
1: on the Barcelona is like the they're like number 1 like team in financial hell. Yeah. And yeah. and and somehow they always end up somehow <laughs> they always end up okay. Not saying it's fixed, but somehow they always end up being okay. Um Yeah, but anyways, all I know
0: is that Miami better hope to God and pray to whatever gods that they they pray to that Messi goes there because they stink. And uh yeah, but here, the, here's the but the thing the, is, I I say that because what that was a statement win in like March. I can right. say that in May, as the Union just get out of this, you know, really tough April and beginning of May schedule and Open Cup and. Champions League that this was like the first after that this was the first real okay this is now our sights set firmly on the Eastern Conference Mm -hmm. and the Union I know is at home too so I always get that like I always get that part of it but New England as you just said is a team that's up there and you would consider maybe like a 1b and all this like they blitzed New England
1: absolutely blitzed
0: that was the first moment of okay the Union are still like This is this is still like, a great Union team that's probably going to end up winning the East.
1: Right. Um, uh, to make the point about Miami real quick, though, they're only five points out of a playoff spot because you and I could feel the team in the MLS playoffs this year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, look, NYC's in 14th place. That's not a, a real spot for them. Um I mean, Toronto and deserves man, to be down there. Yeah. Bad when the union played, they look. I mean, again, like like credit to
0: yeah. like Carranza for having as great of a game as he did. at Carranza right. was awesome in that game. And I'm glad mm-hmm. Curtin and everybody pointed out like that might have been his best game. NYC looked bad, though. <laughs> they were terrible.
1: They games. did. But he, here's the here's the problem you run into. And this is uber, uber foreshadowing going into God knows when the playoffs start October, November. Who knows what we're doing here. Um, I haven't even thought of that. And And to that point, real quick. I asked the the union players uh, a few of them in the locker room on Wednesday night if they're even looking at the standings yet, and Kai Wagner and Daniel Gazdag will both like, no, we're not not doing that yet, which is um, which is fair. It's it's still June, and they kind of just have to focus on their business. But I guarantee you, like, I'm going to just make Major League Soccer Soccer headlines for them four months in advance. Um, enter Miami, New York City, end up sneaking their way into the eight or nine seed and somebody is going to and somebody's going to say oh watch out they're the most dangerous team they're the dangerous underdog all I that yeah the,
0: the same thing wait.
1: i same thing i thought they were going to do with atlanta united last year um so yeah it's just it, it it's there's such a wide open gap between i mean after new england and maybe atlanta in fifth place with 24 points kind of just like hang in there but like Six through fifteenth is separated by six points. I mean, that's that's a week of play in MLS that could drastically change your outlook on the season. Um, which I, which is why I think the patience to bring it all back to the union patience was key here because look what they've done in the month. They've solidified themselves as a, again what, as a top three teams. Almost team in East. half
0: a month. Uh, really. I mean, because the beginning of the month was still, it was that second leg and all that. Right. I mean, from basically May 13th to the end of the month, I mean, they made up so much ground. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's remarkable. <laughs> and to do it though, and how how would you say they are looking as well? Because not only they're they're getting results, and one of them, I think Revolution 3-0 and getting the 3-1 mm-hmm. win of the road, like really good. Uh, but how are you? viewing their form uh is this you know they're playing up the par up the standard um and there's still like room to grow or you know this this still there's some hiccups here and there but you know they're such a good team that they're going to get wins how are you viewing this this recent
1: run do it you no know different than the the standard we'd set at the start of the season i mean that's really what it is. This is, this is the, the team we expected to see out on the pitch. So if you know, the expectations haven't changed, just the, the performance from the team has. So the, the high bar that we've set for them is now being reached. And I still think, and, and Jim Curtin has said this, and I'm sure if you ask some of the players, it's the same thing is the attack hasn't completely clicked yet. And once that does watch out now, When does that happen? I don't know. But Jim Curtin did say, you know, he's back in March, April, whatever, any five press conferences a week we had, (laughs) um, (laughs) that the defense was going to turn around first. And it did. And then the offense will come. So it's almost like he knows his team. Yeah, (laughs) Um, that's really good. (laughs) So, and and it's true. So, and it was referenced on, on Wednesday night too, that, you know, it's the defense has turned around three straight home clean sheets. Um, This back three has has looked really well. We'll get – I think we'll see some variation of it um, or a different variation of a formation tomorrow uh, because it's so hard to play those three guys three games in in seven or eight days. But, yeah, I just – I keep going back to the patience. I mean, if I told you on April 15th, hey, you got to have patience with this team, um, everybody listening would say, or at least ninety-five percent of everyone listening would say, "Hey, uh, that's not acceptable. It needs to be better now." Um, well, look at we are. Look at where we are six weeks later. It, it's a completely different uh, outlook on the team. And look, it, it was definitely not time to panic. Then, I think the individual mistakes is where. The, the frustrating part was because they weren't looking like themselves. You can excuse like if the attack's not going or one bad game. I think that's where the, the source of the frustration was. And then it, oh, it bad
0: it, start after bad right. start after bad start.
1: Right, and then it, then it escalated into you know is this team okay? Is is Jim Curtin distracted by the national? Like I I, I would love to go back and read all the responses from like April fifteenth about of where this team is and, and how they're dead and, and they're not going to look like. 2022, which by the way, those people that have tweeted those things um, are still finding negative things to say. It it fascinates me to like go in my mentions and it's the same like five people every game where like they could win six nothing and they'll be like, well, Julian Carranza missed his his fifth chance in the first half and he needs to be better. Like it it really is remarkable how people are just like, yeah, I'm going to nitpick the smallest thing. And and not be happy for like a few days. Those people probably think like they probably hate puppies or something like that, or just like whatever it may be. Because like I I really am astonished sometimes. Like and I'll, you know, a lot of the a lot of the mentions are are good when they're winning and they're excited to see the turnaround. But like it's it's so funny to see people like they've won six of seven. There really isn't much, if at all, to complain about right now. And it really is astonishing. Like maybe, maybe wait until they lose, to just unleash your, your curtain outtakes or, or whatever you want to throw out here. But man, it, it really is astonishing that like the five or six people who are just like all the time, like, well, the, the union aren't good enough. Um, and they're not going to, they're perpetual losers and, and they're going to fail it at MLS cup time anyway. Like, it is it is something man, else. Man, what a
0: weird way to think. <laughs> and you I know, like- the thing is, like what how how have they been failing? I know they haven't won MLS Cup, but man, they have they've climbed the ladder every single time. I mean they at least they're
1: they- at least they're in position. Could yeah, right.
0: Worse. At least they're in position and they only lost because LAFC brought out effing gareth bale i can't curse because i'm, we, I'm gonna play this on fox sports again
1: <laughs> we don't say we don't say that word around here friend
0: but i mean come on <laughs> the internet we're that i mean right. like minutes seconds away from a victory and this team i think is starting to look like that again now one of the things you mentioned is uh tactical flexibility uh the one thing is obviously the u20s are are away and i've actually mm-hmm. watched something on fs2 i was able to watch like a match or two and uh, it was it was nice to see our, our guys out there you're but, like one of
1: five people who have fs fs2
0: yeah somehow in the iheart studios we have fs2 it's kind of crazy
1: which but, is even wilder to think of it that way that yeah. the iheart studios yeah
0: yeah have, have you have know that, working yeah. television yeah uh, so <laughs> the union because of you know some some guys leaving they've opted for this five back line and man it's it's really gotten low a lot of great play great playing time and not just great mm-hmm. playing time. he's played very well uh this that's it, it, always a great thing you're right joe when you have and you're kind of forced into changing your formation and not like completely changing it but you're changing it in a way and mm-hmm. seeing it work out so well uh this five back line i have been extremely impressed with and i think that, that has a lot to do with low being a very good player that you're plugging it. Right.
1: It has. There's, there's three factors that go into this. Um, one is Damian Lowe forcing his way on the field because, look, it, it, your, Jim Curtin's putting his best 11 players in the field. So if his, his 12th guy, if his number 12 guy here or whoever you power rank, Damian Lowe in, in the, the union hierarchy, he's better than your extra midfield options, your extra forward options. So what do you do? You, you put him on the field. That, that's pretty simple. Now, Jack McGlynn being gone, you can deal with that because you have flock. Jesus Bueno is getting more time. Um, there's been an idea of floating around of Jose Martinez potentially playing as eight in the 4-2 diamond uh, because of his tech and capabilities. But I think that the one thing that, that facilitates or that has facilitated this move is Bedoya being hurt. Because instead of going to. So there's, there's a few variations of the, the three-man back line. The first is the straight-out 3-5-2, 5-3-2, whatever you want to call it. But Curtin's playing a defensive midfielder and two guys on the side of him that literally function the same way that the 4-4-2 diamond functions. So you're not... There's no identity change. There's no real evolution there because you're following the same principles. Your six maybe just has a little extra uh, wiggle room. Now the three, four, one, two that they've been pushing out with Bedoya out. That's, that's the actual different change where Leon flock holds back. Jose Martinez is able to get further forward Um, again, still kind of the same principle going forward because they're they're right sided heavy already, and if you saw in the New England game, that's that's where Jose was attacking a lot. Um, but that's where the play of the three center backs really shines through because um, Martinez is further up the pitch. Flock can move up, you know, ten or fifteen yards further than he usually is. Um, and, and Jim Curtin has been praising the ball-winning skills of, of Flock and Martinez to spring some, some of those transition moves and make things a lot easier um, for the union on both sides of the ball. And then that all comes back to the ball, you know, the, the 1v1, the the, the the marking, the the ball-winning, everything that the front three or the back three do. I think Jack Elliott's form has improved greatly. Um, I'm not saying there was a... It, a really I'm saying he played terrible in the opening games, but you could tell there were like little mistakes he was making. Absolutely. Uh, and he's back to Jack Elliott of 2022. Gillesis has been steady all season and Lowe is, has been phenomenal in the back. So um, if, if you think back on the last few games, Andre Blake's maybe had to make one or two fantastic saves. I mean, on, on Wednesday he made that one where he, he, um, leaped and had to tip it over the crossbar. Um, there were a few against NYC where he was just in really good position and they were weak shots. Um, so yeah, all of the the functionality of this back line and midfield, because the, the forwards really don't change much. Gazdag's still going to facilitate in the middle. You're still gonna have Ua and Carranza making their runs off the ball, you know, doing their work defensively and, and getting through in transition. But where the tweak has come is with Flock and Martinez. So now you know, Doyle. Look, I, I still give him, you know rest him as much as you can. Make sure he's a hundred percent because this this setup is working.
0: I know um, that's still isn't that the yeah. crazy thing? Is like, how do you go back? It's hard. To, well, you do not. Well, you, you can do. yeah, but like this has to be used, and you have to keep right. finding ways to get low in the field because this is this is working out very well.
1: Right, and this this is where. This is where tactical flexibility now comes in because what's Jim Curtin's biggest flaw? He sticks to, he sticks to his guys to a fault.
0: Well, does and- this does this mean maybe like, hey, Bedoya, you can rest. Like, you don't have to have him out there all the time. You know, he he just got injured. Like, you know, ease him back in, and even when he does come back, right. give him some days off. You know, I think Bedoya is the one that. I mean, look, he is an Iron Man. Dude could go oh. out there. I'm sure once he's back from this injury, not miss another minute, and he'll be just fine. But man, why, why not give him that rest? You know, he's he's played a lot of soccer. I just, it's it's nice right. to know that they they have an answer for this now.
1: Right. It, it, it's it's different from last year, where is it when they have the answer, they do. Um, and there's there's different ways you can can get around it. You know, and, and Jack McGlynn's gonna be back in a few weeks, but. Uh, I think the the looking forward part here is, I I don't know if Jack McLean's going to be here the entire year. Like that, that's the the next big story Whoa. that's going to that's going to start Whoa, developing, excuse- and that's wait, wait, yeah, excuse me? right. And that's not new. It's not new. Like,
0: it, or have I just been like willfully just just been, ignoring it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't want to, I want to. I don't want to hear that. You <laughs> leave that <you've>, alone. <laughs> I have. Okay. I am remembering that, but I don't want it to happen. No, you've just no, no, no. been
1: overreacting to Aaron Nola starts way too much. <laughs> <Yeah>. um.
0: <laughs> or, uh, or going crazy for Daniel Gossdog goals, you yeah. know.
1: Um Look, it's kind of the reality of the situation. And we, if you read the tea leaves of the season, this was kind of on the plate. If, if Jack McGlynn played well in MLS, uh, Got eyes on him, eyes on him more at the U twenty World Cup. Um, he's a young American player that's one of the highest commodities in, on the transfer market. And you know, Jim Jim mentioned his uh, last week that his phone's been blown up since the, the U twenty World Cup. So, um, and it has to be noted, Brandon Craig has played fantastic for the, the U 20s as well. He hasn't gotten a ton of playing time with the the first team because of the, um, the three center backs, but that might be an important piece too uh, later on in the season can Brandon Craig break into the first team and maybe relieve Gleznis or Elliot or low of some minutes? Cause that, that would be huge if you have four really solid center backs, but yeah. that's, that's a little further forward in the season uh, than we need to go right now. I think that, the, but what this three, four, one, two, three, five, two, whatever formation, as long as it's not the Christmas tree, because I think everybody's out on that formation. Um, What this does, it also sets you up for a future without Jack McClint because it gives you a central midfield that is flexible, that can get the ball forward, that can win the ball, and it doesn't take away from the principles of the diamond. It's different, Um, and it also gives you a little more flexibility with your pieces with Bueno, with Martinez, with Flock. Like Bueno is just waiting to get more playing time. Like he's he's right on the cusp of it and may start on Saturday. Um, Perea, look, the, the thing with Perea is it, it's going to be his defensive work. That's the only thing I can pinpoint, to where Jim Curtin wants def- defensive work to be better, and that's why he's not getting minutes. It's not, it, you know, the, the the switch to formation has nothing to do with him. It has everything to do with Damian Lowe being better and Jim Curtin saying, these are my best 11 guys. And I think even if Perea was in form, uh, Damian Lowe carries more weight than, than Andres Perea in that conversation. I really, like, I think that's... Basically, what it comes down to, you'd like to see him get more minutes off the bench, but that's it's kind of where it is with with him and Torres. Nothing's changed in the last month that um, we haven't gotten from Jim Curtin. He was very honest that it it's the defensive work, um, and Joaquín Torres doesn't do much of that. Um, Perea, I don't know what it is, I don't know what's been he's been stuck on, but that's not the it just it just hasn't worked yet. So yeah, look, I think Jim Curtin may not admit this. Publicly, and I don't even know if this is like his his first motivation because winning games is the number one thing right now, but this 3-4-1-2 um, in the, the broad picture of the season does help alleviate the concerns if McGlynn goes. And where that may be, who knows? Obviously, Ernie Stewart is now at PSV in the Netherlands, so that's going to be an, an obvious uh, connection that doesn't mean – um, it doesn't mean he's going to go to PSV. But I think the, the one thing that Jim Curtin and Ernst try to do is maybe transfer him if there's a club that they know people at um, that they trust that can develop Jack McGlynn because they, they've done that with Brendan Aronson, Paxton Aronson, and, and Mark McKenzie. I mean, look, there's um, there's a, a connection with, with Eintracht. Um, they've been over here. Um, Marco Fabian was there uh, Ernst Tanner knows the inner workings Of the Bundesliga and, and can trust them Brendan with Red Bull Salzburg Was, was very easy because they, they, they Trust and, and know the Red Bull system um, And McKenzie with Genk Was a very nice move up And I wouldn't be surprised if Mark McKenzie's on the move um, to, a, to a big five league at some point uh, Very soon So with all that being said Yes, I think Jack McLean is the most likely to leave this summer because of, of who he is, um, his age, his nationality. Uh, I put Julian Carranza probably two on that list. I you know a lot of people don't want to hear that either, but uh, that's the reality of that situation, too. Don't you dare. Um,
0: don't you dare.
1: Uh, look, Jim Curtin's. I don't magazine. want to hear any of this, Joe. <laughs> this, these, are, these are Jim Curtin's words, paraphrased, not mine. Like, Jim has has said it a few times about Julian in the last few I mean, few if, they're weeks, like, I hope, yeah, if they're paying attention, yeah, if they're paying attention to the
0: last few games, I mean, Jesus. It's going to be soon. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I mean, look, if... and, and the, the direct comparison that Jim has made since last preseason is, is Tati Castellanos. And, I mean, Tati Castellanos scored four goals against Real Madrid for Girona <laughs> uh, this year. So the, the talent's there, and uh, somebody's gonna come after him he's Argentinian, he's a striker like they're gonna they're gonna wanna go after him in some capacity um three four one two I think alleviates concerns moving forward usually when a player goes you're like well how do we replace them what's gonna happen I think here with with McGlynn's potential departure in the summer it does open up the possibility of Jose Martinez can play the eight. And that's something that Jim Curtin mentioned um, recently after one of the games. And that, that opens up a, a whole nother spectrum of possibilities because Jesus Bueno is ready for more playing time. Leon flock can still be your ball winner in the middle of the field. I know people rag on his, his offenses, offensive abilities, but the reality is he does so much uh, to start those moves and to win the ball where He's so valuable to this team, so it's again. That's that's the funny part with like the internet commenters. It's like the first person that that gets criticism is Leon Flock, when in reality he might be one of the five most important players on this team. Like it, that's the, allow me to go on this small rant. There's, Go ahead, do it. I, I do it all the time anyway, so I don't know why I'm asking. This active, is the but...
0: platform to do it, Joe. I don't know why you have to <laughs> apologize or ask me to do it. Do well, it. Well, I
1: haven't I haven't written any takeaways because I was saving him for, for this, but uh, <laughs> I've had this one on my chest for a while. It's like, I don't know what people's expectations are for Leon Flock. I don't. Because the the, the fan base treats him like he's, like he's an attacking midfielder who's supposed to create everything like he was brought over to do a a specific role in this team and he does it very well yes he does very very well he's very good (laughs) to (laughs) to the point to the point where he's arguably been one of the the best players on the field in the last three games
0: getting no argument for me there absolutely
1: like That's why it's astonishing to me. Is like, why are we ripping Leon Flock? Yes, he's his offensive capabilities are limited, but that's that's not his role. Like, his role is to be a ball winner, uh, to play defense very well, to start transitions. Like, everything he does in whichever formation, he's done. So to me to see every time that, you know, and, and this is maybe just a, a fault of me looking at social media too much, but to get a gauge of the fan base and, and say, like, I think if I went up to a lot of people, you know, let's say the sample size is a hundred and told them Leon flock is a, a top five, most important player on this team, uh, which I can make a very strong case for. Um, I'd say maybe fifty percent agree. Like it feels like if we were doing like a, a presidential like approval rating, it feels like Leon Flocks would be very low, and there's no reason for that. Like he's not in the squad to to score. He's not in the squad to provide assists. He's in the squad to do a very specific job, and he does it very well. And they've balanced it very well with Jack McGlynn, with Jose Martinez, like in that, that middle of the field. Like it, it's astonishing to me that a guy who does this so much for the club and especially in a city like Philadelphia, where we respect the hell out of these role players, these these guys who do the dirty work and Leon flock checks all of those boxes. And he more than a lot of others it's a lot of crap from the fan base. So like uh, that kind of perturbs me a little bit where everything we want in a player and you can't tell me you love Jose Martinez, but then hate Leon flock because they do the same thing. (laughs) Like you can't tell me and sit here. Jose Martinez is the epitome of Philly is my favorite player, all that. And then, Say the exact opposite about Leon Flock. Again, he he doesn't show the attitude. He just does his job. And and Jose maybe maybe says Leon he,
0: Flock needs right. to get more yellow cards. Is right, that what we're Is saying yeah. <laughs>
1: does Leon Flock need to like fight somebody? Does he have to like give somebody a, a, a broken nose and an aerial challenge? Like what what does Leon Flock have to do to endear himself to this fan base? Because it feels like he just that's the pl- funny. I can't say the expression I want to see. You know what? You should say it.
0: to the flock, hey, you know what. Just, just show some fire, man. Just fight somebody. He gets,
1: he gets the bleep end end of the stick, is what he gets here. (laughs) And it's like, it's, it's infuriating to me because I I watch it. I mean, you
0: watch him and you, you think like, man, that guy's great. Like he's really good at what he does. You know what I mean? Like, yeah,
1: he's, he's so important to what this team does and what this team is about. And to see that not get appreciated, it's, it's right. What is going on here? Why? Like you can, you can say you like other players better. Sure, no, sure. No, we can, no, no, you can no, go that. for the
0: flash. You I feel like Carranza or Gazdag right. better or Blake. Like, I get it.
1: But, like, my, my point is, if you're going to sit here and say, I love Jose Martinez, I love Kai Wagner, because Kai's been in a lot more of those scuffles than Jose has been this season. A lot of people have taken notice of that. Um, yeah,
0: what is that all about?
1: <laughs> Kai, Kai's got an inner um, – he's got an inner a-hole. To him, That's, that comes I out like that. That's good. Which is what is that you like A
0: hole, why he's scoring more and everything
1: too. So, some...
0: it? <laughs> it's like he's just really like going for it.
1: <laughs> so like, do we have to go up to Leon Flock and tell him, "Hey, you just got to be a little more of a d bag on the on the field"? <laughs> is that like this? this Does Flock even a... have that in him? I don't know. He's very nice. what is he's his demeanor off kind. the bench?
0: Because he seems like a very calm, like kind yes. dude.
1: He's um, very calm, very kind. Just goes about his job like. Yeah, I don't know. Like, do do we have to? I don't know.
0: Why can't Philadelphia respect that? I feel like that's a that's a great attitude. He's a cool, calm dude, and when he gets on the pitch, he's great at what he's great at his job, and he does it really well. Laser focus. Again,
1: this may be me completely reading into a lot of the the Facebook and and Twitter mentions more than I should, but like,
0: I mean, if if it's out there, it's out there's there's I'm sure there's gonna be people to feel. The same way, like, even just, even for people who don't feel that way, even to just appreciate that, hey, flock has been great. And not only great, he's always been one of the best players on this team.
1: Right. Like, I feel like we just need to like clap it up for Leon Flock. Yeah, I'm fine with that.
0: If, if that's what we need to do, I'm absolutely fine with clapping it up for him.
1: Yeah, I think he's great. Yeah. So I, this is this, this has been your Leon Flock appreciation segment. <laughs>
0: I didn't know this episode was going to turn into a Leon Flock uh, appreciation thing, but I'm I'm glad it did. That's that's now the the name of the episode, Leon Flock
1: appreciation. By uh, no, it. And by the way, if if Leon Flock was a, a Phillies like middle infielder that bat, batted like eighth and did yes. all this, this dirty work, yes, um, yes, Yeah. there would be a fan group in the 300 section. Oh my section god, that I was trying the, to
0: figure the perfect analogy, like yeah. the perfect comparison for it. You nailed it. Well done.
1: There would be a fan group in the 300 level called the flock of seagulls so fast for Leon flock if he was like if he was like an Edmundo Sosa Freddie How can we get that yo Wilson sons Valdes of Ben top. sons
0: of Ben what are we doing let's do that I'm down to I'm down the show flock some love have we ever shown flock love like that I feel like now's a since we're bringing it to uh to everyone's <laughs> attention I feel like now's a good time to do it
1: I think I think we've shown Leon Flock more love than I his feel like family you gotta, at this I, point. I feel like yeah, I feel like got to
0: write something about Leon Flock now. You know, I feel Leon like I Flock need to write like
1: an like an ode, like a poem, yeah. to, <laughs> to Leon Flock and deliver hey. it to him. Have him read it. Stand, <laughs> There's stand, the
0: content you need. Stand
1: outside his residence with just a a boombox saying, "Hey." Okay, please. well now I don't
0: think you need to do that one. But uh,
1: reading so, reading your poems, I think is all
0: right. That's fun. I just uh, like I I don't know I just feel like that's it's something that doesn't happen. I like enough, it. So no, I like it. Yeah, because he's one that's it's the the stuff that doesn't show up in the stat sheet kind of thing. Like, right. can we say that for you know the thing for basketball? You know, the high motor guy. He's the um if you want to compare it to a a player in the finals he's the uh haywood um what is it high smith
1: haywood high smith
0: high is he the haywood Highsmith? obviously better player because i think that's a,
1: i think that's but the kind of energy on flock <laughs>
0: <laughs> we just but he brings <laughs> energy he does all the dirty work he does everything
1: you know and then is he is he like a it, can we do all the sport comparisons at sure, once let's do all of them <laughs> is he like a gritty like third or fourth liner yeah in hockey yeah yeah or is he like the, is he, is he whatever is, gritty
0: cliche you can come up with, with the gritty guys, you know, he's the guy in the trenches, you know, he's like an offensive lineman.
1: Uh, <laughs> I got, I got the do. best one. I got the best oh, one do for it, you. Do it.
0: I thought you already had a good one with like a really solid, uh, not great, but solid middle infielder that comes up clutch
1: every once in a while. Uh, yeah. Leon flock is the union's PJ Tucker. Oh
0: God. That's a, that's an insult. That's more of an insult to Flock than Highsmith. Jesus. PJ Tucker stinks.
1: <laughs> but that's what it, like, you just like, but yeah, my point. But that, like everybody thinks pj tucker stinks but, but like, he does but we're not asking him to score 10 points per game we're asking him to play defense and do all the green right okay work and, so and PJ, the, the pj
0: tucker like in like a good portion of his career when he could actually defend at a high level and you know give you that energy yes absolutely like, yeah. They have
1: this, they, they fill the same requirement in, absolutely in their, in their team. I just don't,
0: I, I, not to get on the NBA tangent, I just don't think PJ right. Tucker can do that anymore. I don't think he can guard
1: like that and play at that high level.
0: But, but that, like that's yeah, that's the kind of player you're absolutely talking about for sure.
1: But your reaction is, is your reaction is exactly what I'm getting at. Like, if I if I said like if I said that to Union, some Union fans, he'd be like, well, Leon Flock stinks, he's useless. What what is he, What is he doing out there when? Didn't we say that about PJ Tucker for like the entire season, and he still carried some some decent value? Like, maybe maybe I'm downplaying Leon Flock now, but that that kind of feels like the the app. Or I think you're right
0: overrating now. PJ Tucker right now. But no, that's the, that's the kind of. Yeah,
1: but that's the kind of player <laughs> like
0: Tucker. He, right, he he fills a role that you right. know is is not. Not one that's going to give you the flash and everybody's going to be talking about, but it's one that is very necessary. And if you can do it at a high level, then you are invaluable to your team. And I think Flock does that. Like it's Flock has that kind of of game. So uh, so that that part's great, you know, defense and and Flock and uh, all that doing well. I want to go to the attack a little bit, though. Uh, I want to score some
1: goals.
0: (laughs) I mean, they, they have at times. And then the Charlotte game comes and they had some chances, nothing too great. The good thing is really, it felt like Charlotte didn't have that many great chances like that. That always always just felt like the union were going to put one in and look, they did it off in a, I, I I would have loved because I'm the Gazdag guy had been like, oh Gazdag, great goal. And it was counted as like an old goal and everything, but great goal, Gazdag. I could knock get over What a hell of a cross by by Wagner. Really placing yeah. it like, right right at the uh the opposite uh goal post there and giving a, a perfect I don't know why Gazdag had that much space, but a perfect ball for Gazdag to play. So I think the but the the, one the, thing the attack overall, because it's been great at times, we've right. seen really good flashes. I'm still not consistently great. So what do you see that's not happening there?
1: I think that's the case. They're not consistently great, but I think what, what, what holds them together is a defense being so great. Like you're able to win these games, one, nothing and have, it's not a fluky goal, but a, a small goal of, uh, of just hard work and determination to, to get that job done. I think that's what it, what it comes down to. Um, the one thing I'll notice, or I noticed on Wednesday, and this isn't just on, on the goal. It was kind of a a theme on a few chances. If you think back to the first half, um, Jack Elliott got a header on goal off of a recycled set piece where the ball ends up switching play off of a corner kick. That, to me, in, in a similar way, was how the goal was brought about, where they were able to stretch Charlotte a little bit. Because if you remember, the, the ball, I think it was a, that's like a miss hit from I think Jose on the right side, and Kai's got to go track that ball down, down uh, on the left side uh, of the attacking third, and then he fires the ball into Gazdag who gets a little bit of space. Kalina, I think his positioning was awful. I'll, I'll stick to that. Like, it, he gave Gazdag just enough of a window to head the ball, it goes off the post, and then yeah, Kalina's got to I recover just, a lip. Just, just it, two inches is all he needed in terms of space to to have to recover on that and Gazdag heads it in. It ends up being an own goal because the final touch goes off the goalkeeper. But I think that's, it's sometimes can be a game of inches, a game of, of, of small errors. I think that's what that one came down to is that wasn't a great header by Gazdag. And I think a handful of MLS goalkeepers are, are hugging that post or have the reflexes to get, to that spot and not allow it to even be an issue. But Kalina just far enough off where it allowed the window and everything unfolded from there. But the, I think it all comes from the want to switch the ball because that, that's the, whether it was on purpose or not, the, there, were, there was more switching from wing to wing in that game uh, than I can remember in, in previous ones. Um, they didn't try and force the issue down the middle, um, which I thought was going to be a Joaquin Torres game because of that. In previous years, that is an El Seno game. But they found a way to win and, and look they they're not clicking the way they were last summer, obviously. But is in incredible form. It was doing great work off the ball. And
0: the determination man. is still there. Who, who it Like, I love what that guy brings, man. And I know he's not like leading the team in goals. We wanted him to be this like amazing goal scorer. But I feel like every time he stretches the field, it just breaks things so wide open for the union that it never, I like before right. he got there, never did. Like, man, it is awesome to watch when he stretches the field like that. And all of a sudden there's open field. He gets it back to God's And then it just feels like teams are on their heels and, and can't recover. Like right. that is, that is so damn, I think good to see from the union because like, that's just, it's, it's a special skill that Ua has and it, it works out to where, man, it, it gets them in great spots.
1: Right. And I think uh, part of just how all of that operates is the transition looks a lot smoother. Yes. Because yep. of how the defense plays. Like, it's not just a, hey, we're going to decide to play really well in transition today. Um, <laughs> it's I wish it was the case. Like, obviously, everybody wishes that the case. But uh, what you have here is because the back line is so organized and because Flock and, and Martinez have that freedom, is you've seen a lot more in the last, let's say, four to five games of those transition moves. And look, if more of those hit, and right decisions are made or, um, you know, it's just they're, they're just a tick off on some of those moves, whether it be movement into the final third decision to play the pass, uh, a weaker shot, whatever it may be. They're close to it to break it out and having a five or six goal game. And I think you can you can confidently say that, whereas a month ago you couldn't like there is actually a window here where you do with a lot of damage. Against one of these these teams upcoming on the schedule, my I don't know if it'll be Saturday because of the the rotation that'll be involved here. We'll, we'll touch on that before we we finish this this long episode. But um, yeah, I think that's to me I see it more uh, that the the transition moments are there. And Jim Curtin made it a point before a, a match I think it was last week or the week before. That he wanted to do that. So if you have that now in place, you would think the, the higher quality chances come. It just It's kind of an evolution of the clean sheets and the defense are there. They, are, they have absolutely come. Then now you have the, the transition work facilitated by the midfielders. That's coming into work. So now what's your natural kind of evolution here of your final piece? It's the, the goals. So everything is there for a breakout game to happen. Don't know if it'll be Saturday, but it feels also, like it. It really does it feel. feel like it. it feels like there's going to be a five goal game. Yep. Before the the start of July,
0: absolutely. Um, and it also feels like one or one of these from Martinez is going to go in. I thought that one from Charlotte was going in. <laughs>
1: Well, he could he couldn't have scored on Wednesday because our good friend Matt the George was not in attendance, and he's been. Uh, the, so he has to be. <laughs> yeah he he's been the driver of that movement.
0: Um, my favorite thing is these little press box quirks they you always tell me. They're yeah, these things with the boat, and it's, then now, it's now a, Martinez can only score if the George is there. I love it.
1: It's it's a lonely life we live. <laughs> um, I I will. I'll say this, the, and I, I've been thinking this for a few weeks. And I only say one this of these are going to go in for
0: Martinez. What
1: I mean? only say this because this is how things work with just fate and the Union and MLS. They play San Jose in a ten thirty game in two weeks, or next sorry, next Saturday. Are you calling your shot with that one? It would just be like the most Union thing <laughs> for us to be, be shouting for Jose Martinez to score a banger. And then he does it on the West Coast on a game that not everybody is watching in the middle of June. Just like, <laughs> that is, the, like, I know how these things operate. We, I mean, how many times did we say this about Ray Gaddis before he he just didn't score? Oh. But Jose's, Jose is getting closer. He's getting, oh, my God,
0: Charlotte, I legit thought, like, that was going, it, as soon it as close. it left his foot, I'm like, oh, my God, that looks great.
1: He, he's, he's getting there. I, I genuinely, <laughs> I genuinely think... <laughs> It may happen in San Jose or the Galaxy game. Like, pick your. Let me just get the exact because watch he'll end up scoring like Saturday.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but the the San Jose San Jose games for whatever reason have just been always wonky. I think Jack Elliott scored a a really clunky goal off a set piece a few years ago to either tie or or win it. Um, yeah, I, I think on the road, 10 30 game at either galaxy on July 8th or the the earthquakes next Saturday. I think that's when Jose scores just because it would be the, 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 just the dumbest way for that to happen.
0: I love the things we have talked about on this show. Uh, We have talked about uh, appreciating Leon flock and a specific moment in when Jose Martinez is going to score. Uh, let's get into this. Is this is
1: this is this is what you get when you don't have a post game show. I know. <laughs> <I> know.
0: <laughs> There's too we're many still the dumb only,
1: thoughts in our heads. We're still the only people at the radio station who give a damn about a union and don't have to pay for the station to promote it. But <laughs> I mean, I you know what, I got nothing. Do you want to get on out your soapbox
0: real quick? I don't even know <laughs> if they're paying for it, but what are we doing? I've never, <laughs> ever in my entire life in the history of my radio existence. Never have seen a station put out a a a basically promo tweet like promoing, hey we got the game a, a tweet of a game you are broadcasting and putting ad in front of it. It looks <laughs> terrible. It's I'm sorry. sorry, like for it, everyone, it looks horrible on every front. And honestly, it looks like the it, the worst it looks for is actually the union. It right. looks like the union are having to pay for time to be on that station. And obviously, I don't think that's the case. I I don't. I don't want to say they are, but like, I that's the thought that crosses my mind. I'm like, are they paying on their own station that is broadcasting right. their games? Who has their rights to pay for advertising?
1: Their, their or, flag, their flagship station can't even like right. promote them on their station own. thinks so little of promoting them
0: that they need advertisement dollars to do it. Not take, that that's the, the promo- case, but that's what I'm thinking. Like, what is happening?
1: Take the promoting them out, and they probably just think so little of them in general. Where And yes, we sound incredibly petty right now, and I will own up to it because we've kept the petty. In. I
0: won't even be petty. I'll be coming at this with somebody that worked in radio. I've right. never seen any station do that before in my entire life. I would never even think as a program director or somebody right. who is who is promoting a team that uh, we're broadcasting, we have the rights to, I would never think of doing that.
1: The it, optics of that are just so terrible it looks for back, like, everyone. Like,
0: could you imagine if WIP did that for like the Eagles or the right. Fanatic did that for the Flyers or um, the <laughs> WIP also did that for the Phillies? Like that would everybody like advertisement? What, what, you, what? Uh, hash, hashtag anyway. #ad? Listen to the Phillies. Yeah, ha- like what? I would question. I'd look at that, and be like, why? Why is that an advertisement? Yeah,
1: you you, you, te- you texted me that a few weekends ago. And I was like, wait. So I'm not like right. right like so a, that's me feeling the same it's way bizarre. for the unit
0: of like that's bizarre. Like I've never seen that before in my life. Right. So I like I don't know if that's just like a Beasley incentive or what it is, but <laughs> man, that was shocking. Just the because I, I never, opti- right? The optics don't look good in that. I'm sorry, they just don't. Like it's it looks like the team the team that has broadcasting <laughs> rights that's your flagship station. The flagship station is asking you, hey, could you please advertise? Uh, because we don't want to promote you. <laughs> man,
1: Maybe that's why they haven't paved the parking lots yet. We have to, yeah. we have to pay for promotion on oh the radio Yeah, it's just like. <laughs> Which man, by by the way, I need to, I need to. And that's soap. like a me feeling
0: bad for the union. because yeah. it just looks bad. It, right. it does.
1: By the way, I need to get on my soapbox again real quick. Pave the parking lots, union. Just just pave them. <laughs> like just just I don't care how much it. it, it man, it they they sound like
0: a Philadelphia team because living in Philadelphia right. for two years, getting anything paved was. I mean, it took weeks for that process to happen. Right. You know how beat up my car got because of unpaved
1: roads? Here's 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 the thing. I had somebody tweet, and I don't know if it's true, said, well, you can't have glass bottles if it goes to pavement. I think everyone would sign up for that. Like, fine. Right. Fine. <laughs> That's and the look, price we have
0: to pay. Okay. And, sure like, I'm not,
1: and look, Lot B was still very bumpy and still a, a nightmare to navigate. Now that, now that we've moved over to, to Lot G... I mean, I needed a Mars rover to get around there. (laughs) Like, I don't know, I don't know, like, what the excuses are or all this, but if you're gonna say it, it's gonna be a really deep niche reference. But you remember in Doug when Mr. Bluff does like the Beautify, Beautify bluffington are you, making, are you making
0: a dog reference
1: yeah i am making a dog reference like the he cartoon to, show yes oh, oh my god and there's an Man. episode where he wants this to, feels like a dated to, yeah. reference
0: so whoever gets this joke is going to be of a certain age for sure
1: no no one no one under the age of 35 <laughs> probably gonna get this reference but mr mr bluff wanted to beautify beautify bluffington just beautify. Like I'm not even asking you to beautify all of Chester. Like, just if you're gonna do the whole thing where you pump up the entire area and this Union Yards thing, and, and you're gonna have places for people to to hang out after the game, pave your damn parking lots. It, it looks bad on you as a franchise. The optics are speaking of optics are bad here. You're doing all this construction. It's your it's your huge project to bring the academy down to make this a, a hub for for soccer in the area and you can't afford to to pave parking lots for your fans that show up every week like just do it. I don't care how much it costs. Like it the optics are are so much better than what they currently are. Because right now you just have a lot of construction land off to the right which by the way they're only going to use one part of the training field and Jim Curtin isn't happy about that. Um so they might have to train the stadium too, like.
0: Ooh, I don't know. Really? They're, they're, oh, yeah. They're,
1: they're only going to because of the construction. Doesn't seem
0: they're, like great timing for all of this.
1: No. So Union two and, and the Union practice on the on the same field. If you notice the training fields, they have, um, they have two full length fields. I think only one of them is going to be used for practice. Um, when the construction gets going, um, so that can, becomes a little bit of an inconvenience on the first team as well. Um. But they can manage that. They've been prepared for that. But like if you, you knew you were gonna do all this construction, like you're boasting up all this these flashy new things that you're doing in and outside the stadium. You can't pave parking lots, it's bad optics to
0: me. All right, Joe. Like, we have gone we have gone yeah. off the
1: road. We have tangent <laughs> on everything. Block
0: we have. appreciation, Martinez scoring a goal against San Jose, now hashtag ad gate <laughs> and now parking lot gate. Let's get to the damn Saturday game. <laughs> this is great. Um. So yeah, what are you expecting against Montreal on Saturday? Obviously, home game, you need great at home. Montreal's just a mm, whatever. Okay, fine, sure team. Uh, so, what are you expecting here?
1: Montreal Hernan Hernan Lozada is their coach. Um. And that's what you expected of them. They're one seven and one on the road. So, uh, oh, that's the, great. That's the that's math is. News. Math the, is math pretty
0: is ma- sim- the math is definitely mathing.
1: The math right. is pretty simple here uh, with the Philadelphia Union. Um, I think they'll go back to the four-man back line. Um, here's my hypothetical. And I think I'm going to end up writing it as well. UnionSoccerBlog.Subsic.com. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Um, I think they'll go four-man back line. I don't know which center back they're going to rotate out. Uh, bueno has been the talk of the town. Uh, and and needs more playing time. So I think you see him facilitate in some capacity in midfield. Um, This is all going to be dependent on if Bedoya is ready to go, but if he hasn't been ready to go already, I still think he comes off the bench. So uh, how do you kind of rotate? Is, Is Torres, is Chris Donovan going out there for 60 minutes? What's the actual answer up top? So I think Jim Curtin likes to rotate no more than four players. In this type of situation, I think Nathan Harriel is one of your guys at right back for Baizo. I think Bueno rotates in for Flock or uh, Martinez. Or you could play, play Flock and Martinez on the two sides of the diamond, and you could have Bueno come in for one of the center backs as a change. Um, Torres for Gazdag potentially, and then Donovan for um Ua or Carranza. I think that's where it goes unless Andres Perea works his way into the 11. Don't really see that happening, um, but that's kind of uh, what I'm looking at is back to the diamond, we get Bueno in there, uh, Hario rotates with Baizo, and somebody sits from the the Ford grouping. I think you can – it's all matchup-based. I get that, but I think – and maybe Torres playing his former team. Maybe that helps too that's yeah, a little incentive, incentive there, there for him. Um, keep that in mind if he still revenge game. <laughs> yeah um, So all of those things kind of factor him. I think that's kind of where they, they set up. I think they, they go back to the 442. Um, you got to be able to show tactical flexibility again by knowing how to go back to your base. you know you've you've shown it in matchups to put your best 11 on the field, but now to win a third game in eight days at home against a team that's bad on the road, you should be able to beat them out of your base. And if not, you have reinforcements to come in off the bench in the 60th minute, actually make those changes in the 60th minute, um, not hold on to them, and really go after it and, and win the game. So um, most importantly will be the, the clean sheet. I think that's why Bueno's in there um, to hold for it. I honestly would be fascinated to see Bueno, Flock, and Martinez in the diamond together from the start. Um, And I think you might have to do that if you start Torres to to compensate for some of the defensive work. I think that's where you go. You go Wagner, Harrell on the outside, pick your two center backs, Bueno, Flock, Martinez, Torres, and then pick your Uo or Carranza and and Donovan and, and go from there. Rotate a few guys, and then if you can't get it, go like hell after the 60th minute.
0: Love it. Final score predictions? Anything? Any predictions for this game? Do we see the, the say, floodgates uh, open here? I hate to say floodgates because they very already
1: no, they don't open because it's it's a third game in an eight day situation. Um, so I do think though. they'll win two I'll, nothing. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a two a two nothing win. Who cares? Is exactly what you want on this game.
0: Yeah, yes, exactly. Uh So yeah, that's kind of what I'm going with. I I, I think you're right. Um, it, it's it's probably not going to be. Uh, wide open game, but two mm-hmm. nothing. They score a couple goals here on Montreal, get a home victory again, and uh, start off June the way they ended May. Uh, mm-hmm. Anything else, Joe? We covered. I, I mean, so many bases here. <laughs> anything else you want to cover, just in case we left something out?
1: Uh, this is what happens when you uh, you, you don't podcast for two weeks. Yeah, can yeah. 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 I just give you a, an extended episode and just it's the the airing of the, the grievances a little bit.
0: Oh, I love it. Uh, you can follow Joe at Tansy 90 You can follow me at JJJansen34. This is the Union Soccer Podcast. Good to wherever you find your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get it, you can find the Union Soccer Podcast, Union Soccer Podcast, part of the Union Soccer Blog. Go check Joe's blog out, blog.substack.com. Plenty written over there from Joe and, of course, everything leading up to match day and, of course, match day against Montreal. Again, check out the Union Soccer Podcast wherever you get your pods. We'll be back next week with more Union Soccer.